terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against overlord super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show surrounded by Kirby Dots. <laughs> I am Jim Purcell. I am Raven Perez. And uh, this uh, episode, it's just us two. Um, I know everyone, all the fangirls are disappointed. Craig's busy uh, creating another Savage Dragon fan. <laughs> yeah. So there'll, be, there'll be one more next Fincast, I think. Uh, so uh, we've got... Some catching up to do. Uh, we are running a little late on this episode to get the review in the can for Savage Dragon 181. 191. Whoops. It's all good. Yep. So uh, let's get right into the Eric Larson news. Um, based on multiple Twitter posts from Eric, it looks like the long-awaited Savage Dragon Archives Volume 3 is wrapping up on production. Uh, the Savage Dragon Archives are on the black and white... Oh, wait. The Savage Dragon Archives, comma, the black and white collections of, in the vein of the Marvel Essential Phone Book Editions. Right. Uh, so far, two volumes have been released covering up to issue 50. Uh, volume 3 was supposed to come out forever ago, uh, <laughs> which would have collected issues 51 through 75, getting us up to the cutoff point for the Savage World. Um... Last time we had a volume of the Savage Dragon Archives was back in 2007, which, now that I really think about it, is like six years ago. Yeah, my God, that was when I graduated college. And, and I gotta be honest, the, the, the second volume of the Savage Dragon Archives was a big help for me getting caught up, because there, mm -hmm. there, there was a chunk in there I hadn't collected yet um, that hadn't been released in trade at the time. And even now, there's a hunk of material between 51 and 75 I have not gotten to read yet. And so, Oh, so when the Volume 3 comes out, that's going to be yeah, awesome. Basically, I kept waiting for Volume 3 to fill the gap instead of picking up the back issues. <laughs> yeah. So you've been waiting seven years for yeah, that. Yeah, that may have been a mistake. So much is going to make sense. <laughs> but um, Eric uh, posted on his Twitter regarding Volume 3 saying... On September 6th, he posted, uh, worked all week on Dragon Archives 3, hope to wrap up this week, but that's unlikely, had to rescan a bunch of stuff, ugh. Uh, then on September 9th, he posted, I'm through the worst part of cleaning and monkeying with Archives 3, those Starfields are a killer. Apparently, the way he does Starfields in the inking phase makes reproducing in black and white a big pain in the butt. Yeah, um, I'm... <clears throat> anybody wants the geek trivia on it, it's just that when you read the book, of course, it looks like just a sky full of white dots. When he actually does on his line work is it's just black dots, and then the colorist has to go in and, like, select those white or those black dots and just, you know, invert right. them and then put black in the field. So every time there's space, you know, that's a process they have to do every single panel. So, yeah, I could see where... If you're going back and doing what, like 25 issues, 26 issues, that would be a huge pain in the ass. 
I that, that seems like a very interesting way to do starfields. I mean, it makes some sense because then you don't gotta like fill in huge black areas. <laughs> but uh, it does seem like it's uh, an interesting way of doing things. Well, you know what he says on the one thing. It's like uh, it's somebody said or he was uh, during his art criticisms. He was somebody's like, well, the colorist can take care of. Uh, that issue and he says his reply to that was you know uh well what if the colorist isn't there to save your ass then? right so that's kind of i think that's a, where you get that mentality of you know creating every single star field which i'm sure there's a lot of inking tricks like putting ink on a brush and just flicking the bristles so that it just creates random spatters right. there's probably a lot of stuff like that to help it actually go quick yeah that that, that would actually be faster if you just did the splatter effect for the stars yeah. in black instead of having to like draw in the black and like splatter it with white or something. Cause that never works as good. They make whiting. Right. And I guess a lot of people use white out instead because white like paint, you either have to use white out or paint and either one of them kind of sucks. So I could see why he does yeah, it. And I mean, in the digital the phase, all you gotta do is put a big lasso tool around all your stars and hit the <laughs> invert button and you're done. It'll get there. He'll get there. <laughs> Savage Dragon, you know, it's a book that's still made. Uh, a lot of stuff's done by hand. Yeah. There'll be those stars. For all we know, that's how he does it now. We yeah, don't know. who knows? Adam knows. Gavin knows. <laughs> we don't know. We, we have We're no light. We're chuckleheads hanging out. We talked a lot about those damn stars. <laughs> At any rate, uh, Volume 1 is going back to press on the... Uh, collection is that right on the archives uh, oh yeah there's a little addendum here it says he responded that oh uh volume one of the archives is going back to press which is awesome yeah. like you said is a killer way for people to get caught yeah. up I, it, they are great deals when they came out they were like 16 bucks for like 25 issues i mean sure it's black and white but eric larson's art looks gorgeous in black and white so get a copy now i order you <laughs> buy yours today uh, you know, the other piece of news we had there was that uh, Frank Fosco is selling the original art to the recent Vanguard backup serial. Uh, Fosco is selling off the original art to the Vanguard serial. It ran in the back of Savage Dragon issues from 172 to 184. You don't get covers. There are no covers available, but all of the interior pages are available with the exception of page two from the modem story and... The very last page of the series. Uh, rumor has it he was eating a chili dog. Those pages don't exist. Where'd that rumor originate? Just now. Made it up. Anyway, send Frank a private message on the Savage or in the uh, Eric Larson forum over at the Image Boards if you're interested. Anybody that actually read that stuff, you know, that was some killer Fosco work. There's a lot of great action huge um tons of characters from like vanguard's mythos in that little in that stretch of backup so definitely if you're into owning original art jump on it yeah um and our third news item a uh, longtime savage dragon fan no wait let me start again so also uh sorry let me start over again one more time <laughs> all right so our third bit of uh news uh long time 
Savage Dragon fans know Gary is a co-writer of Vanguard and a writer for Image Comics Supreme, Vanguard, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Gary is also well-known for his creator-owned line of comics, including the Megaton Anthology and Big Bang Comics. Uh, Gary has recently created a blog in which he discusses his past 30 years in the business. Uh, It can be found at BigBangComics.com and uh, gets blog updates on oh you can get blog updates on Twitter at Big Bang Comics one that's Big Bang Comics number one yeah that's sweet I love how uh, so many of these guys are taking advantage of you know all the different networking you know different things to make themselves so accessible yeah I gotta say the the the, the social revolution that the internet has provided gives a lot of these more niche uh, creators much more outlet than maybe once before. So it's good that the more of them are getting involved with this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, back in the Wizard Magazine type days, I mean, the most you just seen from a guy, you know, that wasn't like an image-founding father or something would have been just been like a, maybe a little blurb, like a paragraph or something. Nowadays, you know, 30 years of experience, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you're going to learn something. So absolutely. It's cool. It's good. It's glad that it's happened. Definitely check, check it out. Uh, what time is it? Well, Jeff? I guess it's time for trivia time. You know, I had actually written a jingle for trivia did time. You really, you did hear you really it? write a jingle, or is it nothing? No, I was going to sing it, but I decided that that was super lame because my voice is so terrible. Just know, it's in the can. One day, I think we'll save that for our 100th FinCast. Okay, will do. <laughs> I'll write in that slot in the in the in the uh put it on the grease board. We'll get it. And this for now you'll just have to do with this humble introduction of its trivia time. So it's been a couple months since we asked this last question, so let's uh just uh, remind the audience what it was. Uh last episode's question or two episodes ago's question. Name the issues in which Mako, real name, Lou Drum appears as his normal human self. Uh, we got a couple of answers. Uh, our first one is from our friend of the show and Savage Dragon editor Gavin Higginbotham, who, of course, is ineligible for any any prizes. Being the author of the Savage Dragon wiki, that kind of makes you ineligible for trivia. You don't get to you don't get to play. <laughs> you get to play. You don't get to win. But Gavin writes, Mako is human in issue seventy five after he is negated by the Negabomb, and he was also in one seventy two when Galen temporarily depowered him. Which of course, uh, also I don't have that variant. Bah. <laughs> I don't have that variant. What variant? Probably, what is Gavin uh, talking about? Maybe, does he mean, was it like Mako Human on the cover? I don't think that's the case. Oh, oh, you know what he's talking about? He's talking about the prize for this episode. Which is the Chris G. Savage Dragon 183 variant cover. So he is totally butthurt about not being able to win it. That's what he's talking about. You know, I could see his rage. Oh, I could too. Because that man, he's kind of like, he's got it all. He's got like a bat cave going of Savage Dragon merchandise. Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't have that. I I feel like I have that figure. I have it. It was the one they they stuck in my pull box, so I guess I got lucky. 
see what's sad, Gavin, is here in America they pave bird cages with that variant. There's it's that plentiful. It's, it's really cruel in a way. No, the other guy, the other response. <laughs> it's not that. It's not like that at all. Uh, it is a rare variant. Christopher Jones wrote, "Howdy guys!" After painstakingly flipping through every dragon and related comic I own, my answer to the number of times Mako appears in human form is two. The issues specifically are Savage Dragon 75 and Savage Dragon 172 in the Vanguard backup. This was a fun romp through time, as I haven't read through the earlier issues in quite some time. Plus, seeing Mako in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle books were good memories relived as well. Thank you for the contest. Keep making great shows. Uh, Chris putting in some work. Thank you also for your response. We appreciate the hell out of it. And uh, we got another response from Nicholas Grayson, who wrote, I'm probably too late for my guess, but here goes. Mako got depowered by the SOS Negabomb in 75, and much later by former Ethereum, uh, Ethereum Galen in 172. I included a picture of both issues as proof. Here's some trivia I like for you. Oh, he, he has trivia for us. He says, here, here's some trivia for you. In looking through my old issues for the answer, it seems that Savage Dragon has only gone toe to toe with Mako three times in the original mini. Uh, three times in the original mini, and it. Oh no, let me start over again. I'm sorry. It seems that Savage Dragon has gone toe to toe with Mako three times in the original mini and the ongoing series. Issue 24, after Dragon's been beaten up by the Fiend and Mako nearly kills him. 112, where the fight ends abruptly once Mako accidentally squishes Dart. And the instant classic 190, where again Mako nearly kills Dragon. So that's good trivia so, because doesn't it seem like more? It does seem like a lot more. I mean, I would have I would have had him as like almost like perpetual like rival, like they fight a lot. But it almost seems three. a lot of these iconic guys that we all you know we see as like rivals to Dragon, like Powerhouse and Mako and. They almost, they almost never have drag out fights together. Yeah, it's, it, it's really it's more they antagonize Dragon's supporting cast a lot of the time. That trivia really like uh, flips my lid. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I would have put him up there with Thor. You know, Dragon's fought Thor a lot, but uh, be- you know, I guess. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think he's fought Thor like two or three times, but Mako has been there since the beginning. I think he was in issue number one and was part of the group that blew up the yeah. warehouse. You are absolutely so, correct. Mako's been in Dragon's life forever. To think that he went the entire uh, series so far and has only really fought Dragon like the three times, that's kind of, that's banana sandwich. So that's killer trivia. That's I'd have never even guessed. You should be writing these, Nicholas. <laughs> so um, the winner pulled from a hat uh, that Craig pulled from a hat for us uh, is Christopher Jones. And, of course, we'll be receiving the Chris G. Savage Dragon 183 variant. So, uh, Chris, if you're hearing this, drop us an email and uh, with your address, and we will get that off to you. We, we guarantee that it did not come from the bottom of a birdcage. It's a clean one. Clean win. So uh, this episode's question, which is another, which is a, another Mako-related question, because Mako is in our hearts and minds 
<laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's gone but not forgotten. Ooh, spoiler. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, the question is, appearing in over 65 comic book issues, Mako is one of, if not the most popular Savage Dragon villain to date, with the exception of Savage Dragon Ongoing, initial miniseries, collections, or the companion, name as many titles, including issue numbers, as you can, where Mako appeared on the front cover. And the person who gets the most right will win. For a bonus point, name the comic title and issue where Mako appeared on the back cover. Hmm. It's going to be hard, I think, this one. <laughs> but I'm always blown away by the amount of people that, like, nail it. I'm, go I'm uh, curious if anyone will be able to get that bonus point. I'm going to say... I'm laying it down. I'm going to Babe Ruth this one and say no. I'm calling it now. No one's going to get that one. Except Gavin. And just a reminder, this is titles excluding the Savage Dragon ongoing miniseries, collected editions, or the Savage Dragon Companion. Everything except those. So put your think so get your eyeballs on and dig through those back yeah. issues. Do a little homework because it's not so obvious this one. Uh, you can send your responses to savagefincast at gmail.com and we will sing your praises on the next episode of the but Fincast. Not literally sing. Only figuratively not, sing. Not me. You don't know Jim might have like a voice coach in the wings. And of course one winner will be chosen of all the correct entries and get their choice of whether a copy of the digest version of Savage Dragon 190 or the Flying Color Store comic variant of Savage Dragon 165. So you'll have your choice of variant editions. Uh, the winner will. Sweet. And if you haven't had a digest version of Savage Dragon 190, it's sweet! I didn't get to give my praise on it last time, but I'm just going to say I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and then I'll let it go. So yeah, send in those emails. So, uh... I think we've got a doozy of an issue to talk about today. <laughs> I'll say. We all thought it's 190 kinda... was a doozy, but this this is the doozy. The whole thing. Like it's like they pulled the doozy factory apart, re-engineered everything, and created the ultimate of doozies. Just... <laughs> we can't run that one any further <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> No, it blew, it blew my damn mind because, I, you know, I don't know. He's been on a roll lately, but I, I just uh, what didn't see what this little issue had coming. Yeah, this, this issue does some wacky things, so we should get right on to it. Of course, the cover, which I believe we talked about when it was first released several months ago, uh, of course, has got um, Dread, the Dread Knight armor, Dragon, and um, oh, what's her name? Quick, 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 quick. Lorella. Lorella the, uh, one of the uh, Dragon people. The primary one that dragons had relationships with, yeah, intercourse with. Okay, <laughs> just cut right to the chase. <laughs> he nailed her pretty quick too. Like he's like, "Hey, how you hey, doing? Hey, how's it going? What? Let's go for a roll." I used to be Kerr. What's up? No, see, it was cool too because this cover, we all thought that was your ass. Well, that's the thing, but... of course. I think that when Dragon, when uh, Eric drew this cover, it is was supposed to be your ass. 
But as we know, your ass is grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, two issues ago. But I think Eric said <laughs> somewhere online that basically when he wrote the ending of 189, he decided at that point to kill your ass. God damn it, that <laughs> name is so versatile. I love it. No, yeah, he killed him, and but that uh, was ap- that it, was he. So he wrote and drew that after he solicited this cover. So I find that kind of interesting. It's one because he he does these covers so far in advance. It's it's amazing um, the fly by your seat of the pants, the way he can change it up because you know you got to do these to solicit uh, in Diamond two months in advance. So when he's writing like with that much guesswork, you know. It's kind of crazy to put like a cover out there and be like, okay, kind of, it's going to be him fighting your ass, and then boom, change it. Like, I wonder if he regrets putting Dread Knight on the cover now, or, or I probably not. He probably doesn't regret it, but it probably made things a tad more complicated than he originally had intended. Pulled it off like a he pro, did though, because it all flows naturally. It worked out. I I gotta ask, uh, flipping on into the book, what is a slam piece? Don't tell me uh, this is on the the uh, credits page. Yeah, I uh, don't actually have the credits page. Oh, okay. You know, Josh Josh Accords, uh, his little uh, jab, his issue by issue jab is he's the slam piece. I'm ignorant. I don't know what the it is. The slam piece. All one word, all lowercase. Slam piece. I have not heard that phrase lately or ever. You know what? Google it. Someone out there. And send us, send us, or no, don't Google it. Tell us what you think it is. <laughs> I don't Anyone know. you would never care. marry or date, but would fuck into the Andromeda Galaxy, as oh, as per the Urban Dictionary dot com. Good lord. Yes, <laughs> well, he did give a good interview. The term is popular in Canada. <laughs> Canada, that was crazy, Canucks. Good lord, I'm gonna have to work that in my regular vocabulary. Holy shit balls! All right, so we start off this issue with uh, a baby screaming to the top of its lung, waking up poor Malcolm. Basically, he's got his uh, new living situation where his ex-girlfriend Tierra has moved back in with their baby, and uh, you know, as you can imagine, that kind of sucks. A little bit, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, when when they when uh, last issue when uh, Frank Jr. and uh, Tierra decided they were going to move in with uh, Mrs. Darling, I didn't realize how absolutely awkward that situation must be for Malcolm. Terrible in every sense of the word. And what's so great about it is that she immediately doesn't even dance around. It jumps right to the oh, so now you don't have to be nice to me. Like that's really like it's like oh great. <laughs> So you could see, I mean, if you're doing guesswork, if you're kind of trying to be a futurist, you can kind of see where the guy ends up in his own apartment. Yeah. <laughs> of course, didn't she break up with him? Uh, you know... She, like, she got scared of, like, his life. When, when Spoon died, right. I want to yeah. say. I, I always want to say she slept with Frank before they broke up. Yeah. So really, she's the bad guy here. <laughs> whatever it is if you've ever been around a newborn baby yeah. you know they're just really like they're poop they poop and cry 
it's uh, terrible for anyone. Thought bubble spotted. I do like thought bubbles. They're on page one. Oh yeah, and you know what? It's funny that that's a thing that like people don't seem to like understand how it works in comics these days. <laughs> But that's that's how you use it. You want to show what the character's thinking, but not willing to say. It's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picking on Bendis. Bendis was like he does thought bubbles. He did, I thought he's all captions. He wrote like uh, 50 million issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, right. and he never used thought bubbles even once. And then like he was writing New Avengers, and he was like gave an interview, and he's like, "Oh, I finally figured out how to use thought bubbles." And that was the worst thing I'd ever read in my life because he really didn't know how to use thought bubbles. Like everything that was in a thought bubble would be like an aside. Like you would read the character's main dialogue and then there'd be a thought bubble to be like, man, I hope you didn't notice I just farted. And it's like, it was so stupid. Just it was things the worst. that didn't have anything to do with the conversation or. There was, they gave you insight to what the characters were thinking, but like really it was never stuff you needed to know. Uh... So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thought bubbles, good. Never. That is one of the tools of the trade. Use them. I'm trying to figure out how to use thought bubbles. I'm a, I'm a little flaky on them myself. It's just this moment. You got something you want to think, but you don't want to say it. Put it in there. So I like this next part. Blew my yeah, mind. Yeah, you turn the page, and all of a sudden we're in space. <laughs> Not only are we in space, it's virus. I didn't see that coming. You didn't see virus coming back. I didn't see that at all. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Did you? I kind of thought that virus was still kicking around in a test tube somewhere, and I suppose it makes sense that it, I don't know. I, I guess I guess I didn't really think about him after after the dragon got fixed. I just did stop thinking about virus as still being around. Me too. Yeah, that's. I wrote him off. I was like, oh well, they got rid of yeah, him. Yeah, they they pulled him apart, or they dispose of him because he was dangerous but apparently he was stuck in a test tube this whole time of course then of course the the the, the main spaceship uh, mothership was destroyed a bunch of issues ago so if he mm-hmm. was still around you'd assume he was destroyed but apparently he's been on this in this little pod ship which is it got a very interesting spaceship design it's definitely got a lot of callbacks to the main mothership I like that. If we finally, finally, finally figure out that the big glowing orange ball is definitely a ship drive of some kind. Because, Propulsion. because it's in the back. Exactly. And, you know, uh, I, I do want to say, we'll, we'll just add it later, or we don't even have to touch on it later, is that the reason that uh, Virus is around uh, was that uh, she collects uh, DNA samples or whatever. Right, it's the genetic uh, 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 like lineage of their people. It's, they're like right. all kept together in like a single lab, and she basically rescued all of it, and Virus was a part of it. Apparently some dope thought to include Virus. I mean, that's the – these people. <laughs> no wonder they all died. Um, I got to say, though, the, the, the perspective on this ship is a little bit screwy because you see the ship, and there's like a hole where mm-hmm. Virus broke out, and he's crawling across the top of it. He looks like he's like a story tall I guess he just, I mean, then we get to the next page and they're running through the ship and it seems like there's like a couple rooms and it just, it doesn't seem like the rooms can fit in the size of ship based on viruses proportions. I, I'll agree with you. It's uh, it sort of seems like he is huge. And then when, uh, or the, no, it actually seems like he's normal and the ship is small. Right. 
but then once you get to the sequence, um, you know, it's clearly a much bigger ship than it looked. I guess I'm okay with it. I didn't really think about it, but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, right. Um, Lorena here, she's flying the ship, and you can see her in the cockpit. And then as the, mm-hmm. the, the scene goes on, she runs into this back room with a teleporter. And then Virus enters that room, and he's, like, small in a big room. And just based mm-hmm. on the size of the ship in the first panel, that room just seems like it couldn't exist in the space that you're seeing. So, a you know. little bit weird perspective-wise, <laughs> but, you know, it's still very cool visually. Yeah, and I love the uh, design of the ship. I mean, I think really it's one of those like tough calls because do you make like virus small on the page climbing up a big ship, or I realize kind of like you know just to get that cool image of virus climbing up the ship, right. you had to do it that way. But then in order to have there be anywhere for her to go, you had to have the ship be a little bit bigger than how it looks. So it's kind of like one of those tough call situations. Like, what do you do? So, right. I don't know. I'm okay with it. But, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. And then virus, just, Virus's return is short-lived as he is dropped into his son. <laughs> you know, and you got to wonder, like, he's, I mean, given now that you see how damn resilient he is, that he can, like, apparently just erupt out of a test tube of his own will, you got to wonder, what can is he really destroyed? We don't know. Will his daughter ever get her braces? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of unfortunate he never says anything. I mean, he, he, he virus is kind of cool, just the, the random things he would spout from all the people he ate. It was funny to do this uh, entire sequence silent. That's true. I was kind of, there weren't like any wakums or rams or anything like that. I liked it the first time I read it. Well, in space, I think I'm... no one can hear you, Karam. <laughs> Kradoom. So, yeah, I mean, I got, yeah, I don't know. I guess you're right. I still dig it, though. I dig it because it just goes so fast. Yeah. It's just Boomy's there, Boomy's tearing the place up, Boomy's in the sun. Yeah, and also, too, it's like, you know, we like spo- I guess for the cover is a spoiler alert, but you're not exactly sure what happened when he comes in and just sees that she's gone. I mean, you assume that she got away, but right. you're not quite sure how, so it's a good... To have no words is good. Yeah, It definitely adds a little bit of mystery to the whole thing. Here's my favorite couple on the next page. Uh, and this is a great nod to uh, the Chosen One power that we love to, you know, the neglected Chosen One power we love. Super Aim. Super Aim. It's hell on All those milk bottles better watch out. <laughs> you know, you know that carny. You ever been to a, you ever been to like a state fair? Oh, a few. You know that Carney was, like, cursing the day. <laughs> those prizes don't leave those boots. No. You're not supposed to win <laughs> those big teddy bears and that looks like Mickey Mouse. And I a Kermit. Mickey. Yep, Mickey and Kermit. And a a, a glum head. I, feel, I want to feel like the dude by her sock is someone, but I don't know. It's just not – I'm not sure. I can't quite place him. I, I, I got to say, I did kind of go down the pile and just see all the real references and stuff, because there's actually a lot of detail in this pile of stuffed dolls, which I like. There's Guy and Duder for sure. Oh, yep, that's a little uh, the guy's head with one single hair coming off. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, you're right. Guy and Duder, yeah, long-time Dragon fans know that's a recurring joke. It's just this is actually just kind of a cute page in general, just because you don't see this sort of thing very often, and 
seeing Malcolm doing heavy, literal heavy lifting with all these like stuffed dolls and his girlfriend is just funny as hell. But also too, you know, the subtle thing of, uh, oh wait, no, I'm totally wrong. The subtle thing of that she drives because she's grown up with the driver's (laughs) license. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. I was going to say, oh, he's got a car, but no, she's driving. It's Maxine's car. Which makes her the coolest kid. (laughs) Yeah, Maxine and her parents. Oh, well, we'll move along. This next page, a double page of spread of awesomeness. How do you how do you introduce the jailbreak? Double page double spread. Double page spread. Just dump and all you know, these guys we haven't seen in a while. That's what I was gonna say. We haven't seen Chaos and Control in a I long like time. I like seeing Rogue Warrior again. Is that the Mohawk? The Mohawk dude. dude. I mean, I just thumbed through some older comics. I mean, the last time we saw him was like back in the nineties or eighties even. He was like See he this? was Cyber Faces, uh, uh, like uh, Prison Warden in Australia. And then Dragon dressed up as him to infiltrate the White House. That's right. I knew that there was having some like memory of like the Finn and the Mohawk somehow being related. That's hilarious. Yeah, he dressed up to uh, get past uh, Super Patriot, who was brainwashed at the time, and then the the red skin paint rubbed off, and it didn't work. <laughs> it was great. You know what else? Uh, shard of glass guy, like shard guy. This is where you know Craig is missed. <laughs> But the guy that's just shards, he's a long-time guy. I don't think he's ever been a heavy hitter, but yeah. I like to see that he's still around. I want around. to say Gas Mask, uh, Casey Jones-looking chick, is another regular recurring background character. Definitely I is. I don't really recommend, recognize the uh, the green uh, radioactive-looking guy. Yeah, I was going to say, he feels new. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen him. But man, chaos and control. Yeah, and what's funny here is that Control is actually, uh, like most of the villains now, he's starting to show his right, age, He's got right? the gray hair going on and the kind of wrinkly face. Just begs the question, what happens when he, you know, dies? If Because Chaos doesn't look any older, you know, obviously. But, uh, then he got Dragon with his tiny arms in his cell going, <laughs> No! <laughs> I love that his arms don't just Wolverine back. From issue to issue. It does take time for them to grow back. You know, we never really see them when they're like little tiny baby hands, like coming out of the <laughs> the, the, the nubs. I mean, it, a lot of the times, though, it does seem like he like grows his like skinny arms overnight. I suppose that just has to keep the story going. But I always kind of wondered if like the fingers start pushing out and like slowly. <laughs> oh. He's like, ah, I got little tiny arms. <laughs> oh, God, I want to puke in my mouth. <laughs> That's such a nasty visual. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know. You can't just magically have arm. It would have to stem from the torso. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> you know, that's, I guess, the issue that we need to see is uh, where Dragon somehow saves the day with baby hands poking out of his shoulder <laughs> sockets. Ugh. No, what's funny, though, is that, uh, you know, Dragon, of course, trying to still be a, a do-gooder, and uh, they really uh, don't need his help. Well, it's not that they don't need his help; it's they don't get his help. They, uh, they, um, they, they, we can handle it, and then they get killed. Well, they do have the Dreadnight robots. Like uh, Uras was Dreadnight, as we've discussed, and uh, I guess part of his contract was that these robots are his doing. 
Oh, oh, so, you know what I didn't realize? The Dread Knight robots were on the side of the guards. I don't know how I missed that. For some reason, I thought they were coming through with the uh, Vicious Circle goons. No, they're actually, uh, you know, Dragon, I guess that's the point of this page, is he's like, I can help. And uh, then he's like, oh, you don't need me, because they've got the robots. See, see yeah, what, what, well, this is a really funny page. This, this middle panel of Dragon mm-hmm. raising his eyebrow, and him going, um... I can help you deal with this. And then they're like shooting the bad guys. And he goes, or not. <laughs> not as good. But uh, yeah, now that I'm reading this page, it's more obvious now that the uh, Dread Knight robots are coming to face the vicious circle goons. He does have the clarification panel too uh, on the next page where he addresses uh, that uh, – those are upgraded Dread Knight robots, and uh, there you see one blowing a hole in whoever, just some fin-faced guy. I mean, some kind of like a aquatic-looking dude getting a hole in his torso. So these Dread Knight robots are kind of kicking ass. Well, see, for some reason, until... I thought they were like killing other inmates. Like the Dread Knight robots came in and blasted another inmate through the torso. So, yeah, oh, I thought okay. they were coming through. See, it's hard because it's a super freak prison. It was kind of hard for me to tell if they were killing a vicious circle guy or killing a prisoner. I guess it must be a prisoner because Dragon's still in the in prison, so the others all must still be behind bars. Oh, you know what? It's funny. Brappa Lorch. How did I miss that? I guess this guy's like puking on people. Yeah. The guy that we thought was radioactive. Right. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he's puking on a Dread Knight robot, so now it's more obvious. Okay. And I guess Casey Jones chick is in charge of opening the doors. Yeah. I don't know her powers, so. So yeah, everyone uh, yeah. gets let out because this is the this is a prison break. Basically, it looks like what's happening is the vicious circle is trying to consolidate their forces. So um, firepower has sent them in to spring everybody. Right, I forgot firepower still in charge. Yeah. I just feel like Dart's already in charge, well, but yeah. We'll talk about that later, but uh, yeah. Um, my, my hunch here is that this, this group is being sent by firepower and they're coming in to, uh, bolster their ranks. Yeah. So, cause I mean, there were a damn lot of them put away. I mean, a lot of big name dudes, you know, Mako was in there. So, I mean, plus two, I mean, you gotta think Dart's been going through vicious circle guys like, you know, lawnmower through grass. So he probably needs more people, you know? So actually, the timing of the jailbreak makes perfect sense. And then, but before Dragon can get involved, uh, the Dread Knight <laughs> shows up. Of course, it's not really Dread Knight, but it's uh, Uras's assistant, whose name escapes me. We'll call him Smithers. No, I really, I, I for some reason, I'm forgetting his name, but he is Uras's uh, assistant. Uh, the little, like. Oh, you know, they don't say his name here. They don't. I was just <laughs> thumbing through real quick, and I couldn't find his name. But we know. We know who he is. He's, he's the butler-type guy that was carrying on his... you got to think Dragon's like, damn it, I just regrew that. And then he loses a foot, too. He gets, he gets his shoulder blasted out by the Dread Knight's arrival, and he immediately gets his foot blown off. Dragon <laughs> always goes to pieces. I think that's what I love most about him when he gets into fights, is that... He has the upper hand like for a second, then all of a sudden he's torso. He's just a torso. Yeah. And then he like still wins or doesn't lose. <laughs> he's really getting his ass handed to him, and I guess it's important to notice too 
I mean, people might not necessarily know Dread Knight, but like this is the same kind of armor that Overlord's armor was based right. on. Right, it's like a so, prototype of Overlord's armor. So, so this is some kick-ass equipment. Yeah, he's got the, the the hand blast that basically just incinerates everything, and he's strong. But the fight gets kind of cut short when uh, Lorella shows up, teleporting in. <laughs> yeah, she made it, so apparently she zapped in off the escape ship. Yep. It's an awesome page, you know, it's just cool. And, uh, of course, Dread Knight has had no idea this was happening what what's going on so he's like what is this what what what's going on i like drag i like her baby. arrival i mean it, it, it's just kind of fun <laughs> it is it is a good way to interrupt the pace because i mean it looks like they're getting ready for a throwdown and then boom lorella <laughs> this next page rips my guts yeah. out i hate it i hate it i hate it too <laughs> parents can be so cruel. Shitty parents. Yeah. So uh, basically, the gist is that it's it been more than hinted that Maxine's parents think Malcolm sucks <laughs> because he is not Chinese enough. He's he's also he's also a kid still. He they don't like him for a bunch of reasons. Yeah, well, superheroes. Some of them valid. Some of them not. Yeah, superheroes don't uh, have good careers, and I think they want her to have someone that will take care of her. A little stability in her life. Yeah, they were sad as it's probably really what's for the best, but still, it hardcore sucks. Yeah, it, <laughs> no, it's 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 kind of sad. I mean, uh, Malcolm's got tears running down his face. I mean, oh, he's yeah. obviously really banged up over this. Which is funny because, like, if you go back and remember how he like hooked up with her, it was just a suggestion, right? right. It's like Angel he was, was oblivious like, to her, basically. Yeah. Angel's friends. Angel was like, she really likes you. You should ask her out. And he's like, hey, you want to go out with me? Angel says you like me. She's like, okay. <laughs> but Now you can yeah, tell that you, they, they really care for each other now. So it sucks because really, I mean, the problem she has with him, it's nothing he can do anything about. <laughs> he can't punch it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he got a car. He said he'd marry her. But you're never not gonna. You're never gonna be Chinese. You're never not gonna be a green guy with a fin on his head. It's just not gonna work out for you. It's kind of, kind of, kind of rough for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes because we know she doesn't leave. She's on that cover, so. So. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good point. I don't know why I was like. Oh. Not the last time we'll see her. <laughs> I was not reading this one. <laughs> why? <laughs> no, I do like them as a couple. I think uh, it's kind of like when you see Peter Parker and, uh, you know, Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane and stuff. You know, you, you want to root for that teenage romance. Yeah. So hopefully something else will happen. And then we flip the page and bazack. Yay, space guns. <laughs> I do love me some laser guns, especially when they have lightning bolt stickers on them. I know. Isn't that so sick? It is the sickest. It was the same Flash Gordon gun that Dragon had on the cover when it was revealed that he came back. Right. So it's cool to see it like you know well, it, in use. It's nice to see someone else using it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's rubbed off a little. Yeah, just a touch. 
She still had her weapon set to stun, though, right? Because it only, like, breaks through his armor. But well, I think, I think his, his armor is supposed to be, like, really tough. So the weapon's, like, really powerful. But he still manages to, to survive the first blast. But then Dragon puts it into that real quick. Even with his gimpy arm. <laughs> what? He pulls a Mortal Kombat. I mean, she was just aiming center mass, and she's still, like, still freaked out that he killed him. She's like, you, you killed him. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, it was awesome to see him get waxed, like get killed so quick. Yeah, well, that, that's what that—that's one of the things about this book is that no one is safe ever, and the the way they die is never the way you think it can go. And really, it's funny because I know, I, again, I quasi spoiled it earlier, but like the big, uh, you know, loss in this issue wasn't Dread Knight. But really, if you think about it, this is curtains for the Dread Knight character. Oh, yeah. Well, his, his armor's still semi-intact, so we'll see if that ever crops up again. But I'm pretty sure this is the this should be the end of the Dread Knight character, too. Who is a long-running... He's been in the book a while. I mean, they, he was... Dread Knight himself, uh, himself was introduced back during the SOS days. Of course, in that universe, I believe Ronald Winston Uras had like died inside his armor. And his mm-hmm. armor was running autonomously causing trouble it's only in the right. savage world where he's still alive to cause trouble for it politically for dragon but it's kind of cool because uh you know i mean you don't we we've talked about it and talked about it until we're probably people sick of hearing about it but it's really awesome because it's dragon kind of scratching old foes off the list you know yeah. i mean it's not like I don't know, it's not like there's going to be a new 52 where you get to see all these dudes just popping back into action. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dread Knight's dead. Well, so is his damn assistant's dead. Speaking of uh, characters being bumped off uh, that we haven't that we've seen for a while, I mean, we've got Imposter here. Oh, and yeah. And we've got uh, oh. Gateway, who are both characters who have been around since the original universe. I mean, Imposter was Mendoza for a while there. That was his big thing. And I think, wasn't he killed? Didn't he impersonate Jennifer and then get incinerated by Overlord? He was also Bush. He was also, yes, in the Savage World, he he, he was pretending to be George Bush there for a while. Yeah. So, and, but we hadn't seen him in a long time. And I had actually thought when Jennifer came back that it was going to be Imposter again. Oh, you mean the last time she came back when it was Mutation? Yeah, when it was Mutation. So it's kind of cool to see him come back up because I was like, oh, yeah. I had actually been thinking of Imposter since that. Like, So that happened recently, put him in my mind, and then here he is. I don't know. You said, who's this dorky-looking guy shorts? in red? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do not know. I think he's probably new. Oh, it's so terrible. Yeah. It looks like Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> but uh, they are here specifically to spring Mako because Firepower needs all the muscle he can get. And as we discussed, Mako is a uh, heavy hitter. Oh, yes. The heaviest. But before they can get to the portal, surprise guest star. Dark. Dark Allison is return. Who then promptly cuts Imposter's head off and bike shorts. It's gotta think, how lucky is Mako? Because look how big his damn head is. <laughs> and that, like, sword swing cuts both their heads off. 
but he's okay. I guess he ducked. Yeah, he ducked, or he was slouched over because he's still injured. So they were like, he was just de- he he just had his head down. Oh yeah, look at the panel from the previous page. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it was. Okay, yep, you're right, you're right. It's just this is the big confrontation because I don't believe Allison and Mako have run into each other either recently or ever. And of course, Mako is oh. responsible for the death of her aunt, the original daughter. And of course, Ma- Mako is gonna you know s- Allison looks so much like Jill. He's like at first he's confused, but. He springs right into action, though, after, I guess, his allies are killed. So that's, you know, but he goes and bites the wrong hand. You know, and I just want to say it is, too, kind of cool because we have seen this new Dart be such a badass and so strong as a character. But she clearly has some psychological, like, issue here with Mako because he took out the original Dart. So, you know, it's cool to see this character be a phase that all yeah i mean it, this whole page is very interesting because she comes in all confident and she like misses mako and so he has the opportunity to strike and it like freaks her out and oh, then yeah. he gets his mouth around her now did you for a moment think she was going to lose her arm hell yes <laughs> absolutely i was like oh man because you know the page leaves you on the cliffhanger of course the worst part is you know which arm he bit onto Oh, and the, yeah. in, the pa- in a panel right before it, you, you can see what she's got in her hand. So you got to wonder how 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 are they going to get out of this? Unfortunately, Shitty we have to choices. wait because we got to go back to seeing uh, Thunderhead. What's he up Who, to? He's doing good. He's washing dishes. You know, you got to think. I don't know. Every time Mako, who is – it's funny Mako is so important in this. Every time Mako is the biggest crybaby about not being able to do anything, where do all the other antisocial freaks hide? In the dish room. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it's good to see Thunderhead walking again. It look, he look, He's wearing leg braces now. I'm a little confused on how paralyzed he actually is because I thought he was like paralyzed, paralyzed. I wasn't aware you could just wear leg braces and still get around like that. Well, I guess the way I took it is that he's, you know, being a freak, a bit more resilient than normal people. Right. And, you know, the leg braces from paralysis indicate that, like, you know, he's not 100%, but, I mean, he definitely... I don't know. It's, he's up. He's able to be employed. You yeah. know, this guy, it's funny because this poor character, you know, he just wants to be a normal part of society. So, you know, hopefully this will work out for him. Yeah. I, Malcolm's phone is dead. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why he's not at the prison helping out is that apparently his phone's dead and he hasn't heard a thing about it yet. Best superhero in Chicago. <laughs> It's great, though, because, you know, I mean, everybody owns a cell phone knows. In TV shows, it always rings conveniently just when you need it. It's cool to see it in there be like, oh, yeah, my phone's dead. What's up? Light the dragon signal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Malcolm's on his way, and then we turn the page again, and we get the sadness. Damn! It's okay. Now, once there was one Mako, now there's two. <laughs> he's got a split in it. Man, it's got to be tough seeing this page panel for the first time because it is so final. 
It punched my guts, I mean, he had a, he, Last issue, he had a chance with, like, getting shot those three times, but now he's in half. And there's just... This isn't, like, oh, yeah, he might be okay. It's like, he's fucking dead. Oh, my. Oh, my, Izzy. He's so dead. <laughs> it, it freaked me out. I was kind of like, and again, you know... It's one of those. It'd be like if you saw Spider-Man rip Green Goblin in half or something, you know? Mako's kind of one of those. I thought, you know, Eric, I think has said in interviews before that he's one of his favorite characters just because of the visual alone. Right. So yeah, it, it's it's sad to see him go, but I think this was the best way for him to go. Basically, I mean, either get killed by dragon or at least darts a really good choice. Yeah, it's their not, history uh, basically gives it some significant weight. Yeah, it ain't like Flash Mercury threw him to the moon or anything. Yeah. So it does actually, like you said, have historical significance, and it, he was taken out by a serious contender. I mean, a real badass in the book. So it also, once again, you know, helps cement Dart's rise to the top of like ultimate badasses in this book. Right, and um. Now that Mako's dead, she feels like... She says, there's no one left for me to fear. I'm free. And then she says, the hunt's almost over. Just one more to kill. And the vicious circle is mine. And so then then, then we see in the next page that she's ducked through this portal that Gateway has opened. Because that's how, that's how they got into the prison, is Gateway, who, whose power is to make portals, has opened a gateway into the prison so all the vicious circle goons could get in. And now Dart's ducked back through it. Presumably, she's going to give uh, Firepower a big, wet kiss. You gotta... <laughs> well, you... <laughs> that's good. You gotta think, like, how screwed are they? Because that portal clearly leads right to wherever they are. The vicious circle is. Right. Or wherever. So, yeah. That couldn't have worked out any worse for them. Yeah, and then then we get then we lose another semi-long-time character in Gateway when Dragon shoots him in the back. With the, with the ray gun. So yeah. that's another major vicious circle asset taken off the table. So three fairly awesome, like heavy characters, really. Boom! Just wiped out in an issue. It's awesome. It's, I'm just saying, it's kind of kick-ass. This book is uh, heading towards its uh, reboot with all kinds of like very final house cleaning. Oh yeah. And uh, finally, once Gateway's dead, of course, the portal shuts up and uh, control can be reestablished. Yeah, like how everybody's like hands up. Oh, whoops. Okay, <laughs> we're done. Of course, then of course the, the the prison guards come in and tell Dragon to drop it. It's it's it's, it's kind of interesting to see Dragon in this role. Basically, he still wants to be the hero, but he is not in control here. It's just it's no. just it's got to be tough for him. And, too, uh, you know, even though he's clearly helping, I mean, he could have, with that gun, you know, he could have run out of that portal or whatever. You know, the guards, they're still treating him like, hey, you know, sorry, you're a prisoner. You know, you got a super-powered gun. Hands up. And he's cooperating, so, I don't know. It's an interesting spot, because he's still playing by the rules, even though, really, he's on death row, yeah. so... So things finally calm down. Malcolm arrives on the scene too late to be of any help. 
and Dragon and Lorella get some private time in apparently a heavily armored uh, observation room. So it's got to be it's kind of funny about Lorella uh, and her arrival here and how they're treating her. I gotta wonder. Yeah. I gotta wonder how they're gonna how they're dealing with this person who just turned up, who's not supposed who, to be here, who looks just like Dragon. Yeah, you would assume just based off of nothing more than her looks is an accomplice. Right. <laughs> she brought him a weapon. Yep. She she might even be under arrest at this point. We don't. See, that, know. That's that's an interesting thought. But what 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 it all boils down to is their conversation is, Lorella really wants to save the lineage of her people that have basically been completely wiped out thanks to the uh, the uh, Tyrrhenian Combine. Um, right? Did I pronounce that right? But um, I feel like you did. The aliens that have long played Vanguard, right. uh, plagued Vanguard. But, um, and she says rather ominously at the end that in order for our race to live, Savage Dragon must die. Dot, dot, dot. Dun, dun, dun. Which I didn't see. I was That was a nice little, huh? Well, the phrasing's kind of weird. My assumption is that it's going to... I don't know. There's like a couple of ways it can go. I, I'm excited. I, I'm very interested to see what happens. Uh, of course, you know, we all know we're going towards that Malcolm reboot. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, whatever that means, you know, yeah. is... You gotta think, I mean, let's play Futurist for like two seconds, because we're on the last page. When you saw Lorella, I mean, you probably, the assumption is, is that Dragon's going off again. Right. That's what you'd think. Yeah. So, you gotta wonder, though, this whole Savage Dragon must die. Yeah, but why why say Savage Dragon, though? Let's see. Seems like. She's like separating the 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 uh, heroes the the person Savage Dragon like kill Savage Dragon get Kerr back or not Kerr Kerr but Dragon Kerr or whatever. I'm with you. But um, I I I actually was kind of thinking she was coming to shoot him in the head for all the uh. for all the crap he she put them through. <laughs> you thought she was I just, just on a lone piss that everyone alone revenge mission. <laughs> Well, now, no, she said, she said, uh, for this, stay alive until I get there. The survival of our species counts on it. Yeah, stay alive until I can get there and kill you myself. <laughs> Jerk off. Well, that Abandon would be us quite to the curious. hostile environments of space. <laughs> yeah, but he's not. Cl- clearly, she has a game plan of some sort. So it'll be interesting. I'm just curious. She doesn't appear to have any technology on her. She doesn't, you know, we know that they have the ability to teleport, but, yeah, but you know, that was on the ship. The ship's gone, right. Exactly. So, so you kind of got to wonder, like, well, plus two, I mean, think about it. If the ship had all the genetic material, like, and the ship's in the sun. So, like, what the hell? I, I don't know. There's a lot of... Who knows? Uh, right now, I'm just like, I don't know. It could go any way. It's a great ending. It's a good ending. It is. It makes me want to read the next issue. The next exciting issue. Yeah, which, which is going to be a big one, because that's the big ending before the re- relaunch. Oh, yes. So, very, very excited. So much. So much is going to be happening. I suppose the backup has been discussed. I oh, just yeah. We to- talked a lot about it. Uh, last episode when we got to talk with uh, with um, Scott James, so I just you weren't here. Add, so what did you think? I liked it. I liked it a whole whole lot. Uh, it was beautiful, 
absolutely beautiful. Uh, Scott James kicks ass as an artist, and uh, there's you know kick ass action, great coloring. This one is funny. All the jokes hit in just the right way. Yep. You know, I know we picked on the last one. We were like, oh, I feel flat. This one kicked butt. It was funny, and uh, I mean, you know, killer art, fantastic coloring, good jokes, and also it seemed to uh, have a bit of exposition to bring you up to speed on characters and stuff. Yeah, so. it did resolve a few like dangling characters that, you know, an- ancillary characters like uh, what's her name. Um, Oh, I forget her name. The woman, Amanda, Amanda Mills. Is that it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Amanda, yeah. yeah, that that stalker dragon of stars from a while back. Yeah, it's good. Uh, this was a killer backup. I would love to see him do more. I really hope that we get to see him do more backups. So, absolutely nine out of. I mean, not nine. What am I saying? I was gonna say nine out of nine. Why don't I say ten out of a ten? Eleven out of twelve. <laughs> this is fifteen out of fifteen. No, this is a 10 out of 10, absolutely rock-solid backup. Great art, great coloring, funny, good story, good stuff all the way through. So, Good stuff. Kick-ass, great job, everyone involved. So, that was a hell of an issue. That was a good issue. All hell of issues these days. I gotta say, um, with the gener- next generation of uh, dragon villains, you know, so I guess you gotta have... I, I really... With everybody else having kids and stuff, there's been zero indication to imply that there would be any sort of Mako offspring. Oh, well, I think the implication there is after Jill, there wasn't anybody else in his life. That's why he's so hung up on her. So I'm just saying it's kind of sad. It is. There, yeah, oh, oh, of... you're saying that because there is no Mako 2.0. It, it's just... Exactly. Yeah. Like, we get a uh, open-faced junior. Right. And we get Inferno has, has a daughter, and Dung has his daughters, but it's kind of like, I, I, I wonder... I wonder, I guess, yeah, well, maybe there's some Atlantean girl out there. How do you, yeah, how do you fill the void of that kick-ass visual of a shark man? That's what I'm yeah, wondering. Yeah, it's tough. It's got to have and, some... And, and it's not just his look. He He's a storied personality that... He's only as cool as the fact that he's been around for 193 issues, 94 issues, because he's just got so much pathos to him. Yeah, you feel sorry for him because you know that he really could never fit in a society. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm saying it's good. He's a tragic villain. He's the best kind of villain. Yeah, that's it. So, I don't know. That's honestly one of my big... um, worries about the new direction uh-huh. i mean we know eric can create new characters we know mm-hmm. he is the one of the best at character design but if you just dump a whole bunch of new characters on us they just they won't have the history it'll be hard to i know he's he's cap- he just seems like over the last little while he, he hasn't done as much character building on the villain side of things, there just there just doesn't seem to be an iconic villain character to come out of the last, I don't know, forty or fifty issues. I could I could see that where uh, basically when the book started, Thunderhead maybe, he, but Thunderhead is like he yeah Thunderhead Thunderhead I guess works Thunderhead yeah. is, a, is a character that's getting a lot of traction, a lot of build up, but yeah, he's not really a villain anymore. But his history, his future is still wide open. He can go anywhere. 
He's got a kick-ass visual, he does. too. So. I feel like uh, we'll get that. I think that when the book has its reboot, you'll probably have some experimenting. Yeah. But I feel like eventually you're going to find those guys that are just kick-ass visuals. And, you know, the, like you said, the book did settle into it a little bit with your, you know, your stock vicious circle guys. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Mako, super surprised. Yeah, you also, really thought he was going to keep going? I, You know, I did think that there was set up for him and Mako, for him and Malcolm to have sort of a thing. Well, that's true. They did have that one fight. Although I always thought that Angel made a better foil for him myself. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm just surprised it caught me off guard. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they have some history. I mean, I think he's fought Malcolm at least as many times as he fought his dad. Well, yeah, actually. We learned through trivia. Yeah, that's probably exactly correct. You know, it's just the thing is, is like I said, I just, uh, when we're kissing this book's ass, I just have to say that a lot of people don't have the guts to wipe out their heavy hitters like this. That's true. So, like, he's such a definitive visual. Like, you know, the Rhino is not the best Spider-Man villain. And why do I keep going back to Spider-Man? It's because Spider-Man has really a unique, definitive, like, rogues gallery, like the Sinister Six. It would be like one of the Sinister Six getting, you know, killed. Right. Like, permanently. Permanently. We, which... we don't have a Doc Ock anymore. Yeah. So, well. yeah. <laughs> I guess they do. <laughs> be like if doc ock grew old and then put his brain in spider-man's body and <laughs> well um is it time to talk about the solicitation for 192 that's a really good idea raven oh man like magic i just wanted to say that issue 192 is coming and its solicitation says it is called the last walk for 21 years, Savage Dragon has been fighting the good fight. Now, that fight comes to its end. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. So, it's, I guess the last issue, and we all know 192 is uh, the last issue before Malcolm's, obviously, the big reboot. You know, Takeover. Issue 1 in a bold new direction. So, Issue 193 in a bold new direction. I'm just assuming that this will be our uh, Breaking Bad style finale. Oh, oh, I haven't seen any of Breaking Bad. I wouldn't spoil it for the world. <laughs> I, but I will well, say... There's a lot of implications online that apparently was pretty pretty heavy. It was very satisfying. I see. But the main thing is also very final. Gotcha. <laughs> Roger so, Dodger, wink. You like closure? You got it, mister. So I'm thinking I, I don't want to build up my expectations too high for 192, but at this moment I think it's going to be the best thing I've ever seen in any form of entertainment ever. That okay? That's <laughs> no pressure. You got your expectations set. You know what you want. Got the bar achievable. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh, so it's going to be good. It is. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, and. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to it, to it too. I uh, do hope it's out in the next couple of weeks. Ought to be. Should be. So did we do? Uh, we did an hour. We did. I think we did pretty well. It's good. We don't need that Craig Olson kid. Nope. Keep this 
lean and mean. <laughs> Two-man team. With a rhyming scheme. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, Raven. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. So, uh, this has been the Savage Fincast. Signing out. Cats and kittens, thanks for listening. Speaking of cats, I think I could hear yours in the background. He's a bastard. I'm sorry. The Savage Fincast is hosted by the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is proud to be members of the Comic Addiction Family of Podcasts and the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicaddiction.net and comicspodcast.com. Oh, my God.